Hey everyone, this is Jay Johnson from One with the Undercard. Do you want to support your favorite heels and a great small business at the same time? Look no further than holdfastcoffeeco.com, where you can use the promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket. They're great people, it's great coffee, and their coffee is responsibly sourced. Turn to Hold Fast Coffee Company for all of your coffee needs. And now for this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. Welcome on in to episode number 19, I can't believe we've made it this far, of the Heel Turn Collective Podcast. It is I, the social media savior, Lance, and I am joined once again by my faithful co-host, Shane Douglas Riley. What's going on, Shane? Absolutely nothing. Um, We're currently watching the Chiefs and the Ravens game here. Uh, But yeah, pretty standard day. How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know, uh, the status quo, slanging and banging as usual, as they always say. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the week's been kind of uh, hit or miss, really. I mean, I went to the, I went to mm-hmm. a pumpkin patch on Saturday, which I forgot how much how'd fun that, that is. Well, you know, it it went about as good as expected. You know, uh, it was a lot of just chasing kids around and spending too much money. It cost me forty dollars to get in this son of a bitch. Did uh did they did the kids outrun you or how'd you keep up how how the cardio look? Well, I mean, look, uh, as I gear up for the white for the white trash combine uh, that we're gonna do down the line, I'm gearing up for that. I, I figured it's probably a two year process to get where I want to be uh, physically. So chasing around my 18 month old daughter really, I mean, just really hits me where I needed to mm-hmm. in the lung area. And man, I I gotta say it's it's been doing wonders for me. Lung area, and also that's where that's where that cone drill, you know, where that that side to side speed is, you know, that's that that's I think I think that pumpkin patch visit was more important than you could possibly realize. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong in this sense. Uh, you're right. Uh, all you need to do is put a toddler in front of me, and I'd run the cone drill pretty damn quick if you ask me. But uh, it, it's similar. Not as, not as quick as, as, as our boy Duke's allegedly running a sub-five-second, 40-yard yes, time. Yes, uh, that will be decided at a later time, and he better hope and bet that he runs that. Otherwise, he will just be the laughing stock of not only us here at the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network, but, I mean, forever and ever, right? There will be a vacancy on Word Up or Bird Up if he doesn't run a, a sub-540. Yeah, because I'll laugh him out of town. You know, I will laugh him out of town, but we'll see. That's all coming up. Uh, we hope you guys stick around for that. We're going to have a nice video of that going on, so that's always fun to see all of us out of shape and uh, doing what we don't no- don't normally do. So, uh, But this mm-hmm. is the Heel Turn Collective Podcast brought to you by the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket today uh last week we had a great conversation shane who was on last week uh michael rowe from daisy head one mm. of one of our boys mm. one of our one of our tighten up official representatives yeah uh he is a big titans fan for those who haven't listened if you haven't go check out that episode in the archives i mean uh just a real good conversation not only about music and sports 
but really mental health in general, which we're real big advocates of. Uh, so it was really yep. kind of fun to pick his brain. Uh, we went over two hours just, just talking to him. So uh, I think mm-hmm. there's some good stuff in there. Michael's a really cool guy. We're going to have him on again, we said, if the Titans make the playoffs this year, which, you know, look, they're 3-0 and and looking strong. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but, you know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, look, Goskowski yesterday, 6-6. Six for six. Uh, after a terrible first two weeks, so uh, but we're going to get in one of the one of the first two worst first two weeks I've ever seen out of a kicker in my entire Come life. Come on, man, he went like zero for eight or whatever. It was pretty terrible. So, uh, but we got that and so much more to get into on this week's edition. We're guest list, which means we're going to be talking all NFL all day because that's what we that's what we do here. Shane, are you ready to get this yep. rocking and rolling? I'm born ready. Let's go. Let's do it. So let's talk some shit. And get our asses whipped. Let's rock and roll. And Shane, right off the top, buddy, I think there's no other music in the world that could describe our first two teams that we're going to talk about today better than this, my friend. Mm. Mm. You know, you know who that's bringing in, Shane, right? Who, who is it? There's a lot. There's a lot of potential right now. Who's who's it bringing in? You're right, because there's a lot of bad football being played right now in the NFL. But I got to say, there's one team in particular that looks really fucking terrible. And that's got to be the goddamn Jets, man. The uh, I never thought I would ever open a segment in my entire sports uh, quote-unquote broadcasting or journalism career. I thought I would never mm-hmm. be starting a conversation talking about the jets but i can't well I, i'm gonna say this the jets are so in, in the sports world not even the nfl just in general you talk about prime time you talk you know w- w- when the stars come out and all this stuff i think the 2020 new york football jets are the like polar opposite of prime time i think well look um we're gonna get to our week uh, four picks next week and the Thursday night matchup for the spoiler alert, the Thursday night matchup coming up this week is, uh, well, I hope you have your tickets ready. Cause it's boy, is it a, is it a doozy? Um, here's the thing about the jets and Sam Darnold coming out of college. I wasn't, I wasn't completely sold on, you know, me nope. and you talk all the time about, you know, mm-hmm. some of these quarterbacks have those like one years that are just unbelievable. And that was Sam Darnold well, at USC, you know? Well, the thing with Darnold is he wasn't really even unbelievable. Like, he was good, don't get me wrong. But, like, I I wouldn't even really put him as, like, a Carson Palmer or, like, uh, Matt Leinart level. Like, he was like, yeah, like, that was a decent, like, collegiate showing. Yeah. No, nothing, like, earth-shattering, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh... – I don't know, man. I think that uh, it, it's it's really tough to be this bad as a professional sports team. Like, I guess I yeah. can, I mean, then you got to ask yourself, is it more Sam Darnold? Is it more Adam Gase? There's a lot of ways you can go with it. In case you didn't see it, the Jets yesterday, uh, or on Sunday, I, I beg my pardon, on Sunday – the Jets, who, who did they play, Shane? Um, the Jets, they played. Um, who did they play on? We're the Sunday? most well prepared. Down here. We're the most prepared <laughs> show ever. But, Shane, if you could 
because they lost big. Oh, they played the Colts. They played the Colts, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the Colts, 15-point yep. favorite. Also forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually texted you that, Shane. I said, yep. Uh, the Colts are giving up, you know, 11. I think it was 11. Might Between 11 and 15, I can't remember which one it was. But mm-hmm. um, they're giving up that many points. That's big for professional sports. Like, that's big. That's a huge point yeah. spread, especially because the Colts are terribly average. I mean, terribly mm-hmm. average. Uh, yeah. So to see that is just, uh, I don't know, it was bizarre. But the Colts go yeah. in there, and they just whoop their ass. Like, it wasn't even close, mm-hmm. you know? They, they, they dog-walked him for sure. I mean, that's just, uh, the way that, <laughs> man, when the Colts go in there, the Colts, we're talking about the Phillip Rivers here that is over the hill, man. Mm-hmm. And he goes in there and, I mean, just, like, I don't know. I'm on record of liking Phillip Rivers, but yeah, it was way, way over the hill, Phillip Rivers. Yeah, and then now you're seeing, like, in Chargerville, I mean, the offense looks a little better, but I don't think it was all Phillip Rivers. But mm-hmm. the Colts aren't that the Colts aren't that good. Like they're again, they're very average and they went in there and they looked like, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, you know, they scored almost 40 points and the jets can't Mm -hmm. even muster up anything, man. Like it's just, is Sam Darnold regressing? Um, Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. The thing I'm going to, I was going to say to that, which is, which is what my, um, was is he's regressing, but at the same time, I, I, I think he's regressing because I, th- I think the real Sam Darnold is showing. I think that, like, I think everyone put him on a huge pedestal, like he was going to be some game breaker, which I don't think that was ever – that never should have been the expectation with him. So I think this it – might, it might be 50% regressing, and I think it's 50% uh, the people who are hyping him up coming back down to earth a little bit, I think. He was who we thought I, he was, right? Exactly, yeah. And the thing, and I, you, you brought this to my attention, but one of the the ESPN pundits said, the 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 worst thing about this Jets team is they took Le'Veon Bell, one of the premier like rushing threats, or actually not even like dual rushing and receiving threats in the NFL, and they've made him look pedestrian. Um, Le'Veon Bell at this point in his career is a complete non-threat, and I think that's the that's the bigger issue with this Jets team. I think. Well. It comes down to when nobody wants to play for this guy. When they've all mm-hmm. collectively said, whenever, we don't yep. like Adam Gase. And you can just tell by the way they're playing. You know, yep. I don't think it's any great surprise to anybody. This team mm-hmm. just looks bad, man. This is a, this is a disconnected football team yeah. like from one another. Like, not necessarily like, yeah, it's not good. Not, not good. Like, it's, it's crazy to me because – he had so much hype. Like, again, we talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. You know, the draft he went in, they went 1, 3, 6, 10, and 32. And that was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. They all went in the same draft. Sam Darnold gets picked ahead of Josh Allen. Looks like that was a mistake right now. Yep. Baker Mayfield being number one, that looks like, you know – what Baker Mayfield are we going to get? The one that played Sunday or the one that opened, you know, opened the se- season up? Yeah. You know, 
Yep. That's and, and that's the thing. That's the thing with Darnold is we're seeing consistently this. Like we're we're seeing consistently this 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 sub part doesn't even have the highlights of like a Baker um, or anything like that. We're only seeing the, 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 the best case scenario with Darnold, I feel like is mediocre to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, people, when he was coming in the league, people were like, Oh, this is the next like Brett Favre or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I've just, I was blown away because I'm positive that he played one season at USC. I'm positive. He did. Yep. And, you play one season at USC, you have a very forgettable season, man. Mm-hmm. And yet you you're going number three overall. You know, I just I've never never understood it. I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 football, in all honesty, because I live on the yeah. East Coast. But yeah. I think that you know, I don't know. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that, which we're going to get to this later on in the show. But there's another quarterback, not from that draft class, but from a similar draft class. Same thing. One year mediocre wonder in, in college and he was taken in the top five in the draft it's just a lot of weird stuff I don't know I think and there's also I think we talked about this in one of the super super early episodes that is the quarterback position out of college overvalued um and I think there's like I think we're seeing it a little bit more and more I think yes I, I think it's a little too overhyped I think they they dig into intangibles and not as not as much on field prowess if that makes sense yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You know, the, you typically uh, they're just judging quarterbacks by you know what their tape kind of looks like or whatever. You know, rather than mm-hmm. which I guess is what you're supposed to do. But you're right, though. I I think maybe not to the extent that you do. I think you're on to something, though. I think the quarterback mm-hmm. position is the most important position in, in football. But at the same time, you know, we've seen guys like Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson. Yep. You know guys that are marginal talents win because they're mm-hmm. they're surrounded by a team that's really good, you know, or a coach that yeah. in Tampa Bay's in Tampa Bay's like example, you know, John Gruden's a coach. And now we're seeing what he's doing in Las Vegas now, you know, we're seeing that he's actually a pretty solid coach all around, you know? Um yep. but I don't know, man. Like like we're putting so much stock into these quarterbacks when they're coming out, you know, and, and look, we're going to talk about Daniel Jones, maybe not at length, but he's a perfect example of somebody that went high in the draft, had barely any tape on him. And now look, well, at, he's a turnover machine. Well, well, that's the funny thing is that's not even the quarterback I was talking about. I was oh, I talking know. about Trubisky. <laughs> I know. I know who you were talking about, but like, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. for an example, you know, like, and, and yeah. so for as many, for as many quarterbacks as they draft early early on, you know, the ones, threes, mm-hmm. fours, fives, you know, for for every quarterback that, that hits, there's probably two or three that just don't work out. What and, even feels like it might be even more than that number. I feel like it's honestly like we're getting we're getting to the you get per one, we're not even gonna say superstar. We're just gonna say for every star quarterback you get I, I think you, you have like five or six duds probably. Yeah. Co- like coming out of recent drafts. I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a long shot at all, man. Cause you look, Mm-mm. you know, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, they went last year in the draft. Jury's mm-hmm. still out on both of them. I know they're only year yep. two, but Jury's still out on both of them. You know, uh, yeah. we go back to that, you know, Baker Darnold draft class, man. I mean, Rosen is on the practice squad 
And you know, yeah, Rosen's on his third team, and is it third team in three years oh, or third yeah. team in two years? Nope, third th- third like, team in three years. Yeah, um, that's Don- crazy. Darnold's a big question mark. Baker Mayfield's a big question mm-hmm. mark. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson look like they're going to hit, but right there, that's a perfect example. Three guys that you, I don't know, and then two guys early on that just dominated. Well, well, we could even go back to Osweiler. We could go to Paxton Lynch. We could go to. Um, like this slew of like these like, I think, I think the like especially NFL owners and GMs are are too in love with the big body quarterback, um, where they just they just shop for size and then it never ends up working out because they actually don't build a team around them. So it's it's partially maybe overvalue and overhyping young quarterback talent, but also I think we've got some lazy GMs in the NFL right now. That um. Well, I mean, because you, you look at that that type of quarterback, that Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, size of the quarterback. And, like, I've always been a big fan of that because they can take a beating in the pocket. They can yep. get rid of the ball. You know, they, they, they can dink and dunk when they have to. And they can, you know, escape. They have a little bit of mobility. Like, that's the kind of quarterback that I want. You know, the 6'5", you know, 240, 245. I mean, that's, those are intangibles that I don't think you can – obviously you can't teach, but those are – you know, if you have the skill set of, you know, a quarterback that's a little bit smaller than you, but you have that big body that really comes in handy. And yeah, 100%. And, and Sam Darnold's kind of in the middle of that. Like, he's not as big as those guys, but he's also not the smallest guy he's in the athletic. world. Yeah. And so I think that's actually working against him. I think his athleticism is, is working a little bit against him, you know, because he's, look, mm-hmm. that offensive line is a joke. And, Sam Darnold's running for his life consistently, you know? Yeah. And you got Frank Gore playing running back for Christ's sake. This guy's still in the league 20 years deep, feels like, right? I mean. I've. It's funny to me, like, also, which is funny, whenever you see pictures of Frank Gore compared to his rookie year, he hasn't aged that much. No. Like, dude, sometimes you see, like, like, when you see rookie year to, like, to, like, year 20 plays like wow you like you look ancient right now like like a, a really re- a good example of that drew Brees looks like he should be in a nursing home at this point in his career like his face looks old um and fred gore just or fred gore geez uh fred, fred gore looks gore. like he might have aged like like two or three years from his rookie season and he's 17 years in the nfl right now dude i swear to god he was on that 2002 Miami Hurricanes team that won the national yep. title. Yeah. 2002. <laughs> Boy, put that in fucking perspective. <laughs> Frank Gore's been in the league 17 years. Which Man. I think if I remember, I, I, which is funny. I remember watching that national title game. Yeah. Um, the, was that the Ohio State game? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. one where Willis McGee had the grossest knee injury I've ever seen where yeah. he like, um, where he had like the hyperextended knee that like it was just super gruesome looking. Yeah, was that that game? Oh yeah, it was. <sighs> and they showed it a hundred thousand times during the game. It was just ugh, ugh. I mean, look, there's nothing better than watching knee trauma in slow motion. You know? <laughs> there's nothing better than that, big dog. But yeah, I I yeah. think I think you might be onto something though. I think that maybe the quarterbacks are overhyped and. The next game I'm going to get into, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback play. So buckle up on that one. But uh, So I think that 
Look, Gase needs to be gone. I don't think I'm really mincing words here with anybody. He needs to be gone yesterday, dude. He needs to be gone yesterday. Because, like, there's... It seems like whenever this guy is in charge of an offense or, or you know, an entire team, the, the way he has been the last couple of years, like, anytime there's his quarterback isn't named Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. it's terrible. You know? Like, bad, bad. And Peyton like Manning bad, made... Bad. Peyton Manning made a lot of... Made a lot of coaches look like geniuses yeah yeah there's what there's probably that i can think of off the top of my head probably about three or four like coaches right now in head coaching positions because of what they did with manning exactly Um, well ah, ba like bruce arians not so much but like 100 adam gates um yeah oh my gosh yeah but anyway continue yeah but like it's just to to me, like Peyton Manning's going to make a lot of coaches look good. He's going to make a lot mm-hmm. of quarterbacks. I mean, he's going to make a lot of quarterbacks look silly. You know, in comparison, yep. obviously, we're not comparing Ryan Tannehill and Peyton Manning, which are <laughs> Adam Gase's two of his quarterbacks he's he's had. And mm-hmm. uh, look, he didn't really do anything in Miami. They fired him. He got the Jets job almost immediately and right away. Already causing rifts. Him and Le'Veon Bell don't see it eye to eye. I knew from right there. I was like, and plus this guy's looking all bug-eyed and shit at the uh, at the press conference, you know. Oh, his forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, doomed from the start with him. Doomed I mean, from the start with him. I mean, him. my man just hit a like a something. Man hit that adrenaline boost, buddy, and his eyes were bugging yep. out of his head. It was fucking weird, man. Probably so, realized he was underqualified. If we're being honest, <laughs> Adam Gase's face when he realizes. He's underqualified for an NFL head coaching position. Just be cool, be cool, be cool. Oh, I'm I'm not being cool right now. I'm not being cool right now. <laughs> Why am I not being cool? You know, like that's. Uh, but but it's gonna be. Look, they play on Thursday night. I think if the Jets lose, Gase is gone. He needs to be. He anyway. has to. Be. He has to because I was I was watching like I was watching the, um that that Buccaneers Broncos game this year, or this year uh last week. And the Broncos look pitiful like that. The offensive line, like honestly, it would be a, it would be an offensive line upgrade if you and I were playing offensive line right now. And mm. I'm five foot nine. Like mm. there's no, like uh, Driscoll was running for his life the entire game. It, the, like, and I'm talking like, I'm not talking like, Oh, like one person would break through. I'm talking snap the ball, three people on their backfield within set, like milliseconds. Um, so if, if they can't get it done against that team, or at least even be close, at least being close, um, Gase has to be gone. Has to be gone. He just has to, man. I don't think there's any choice. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Earlier. Unless, unless they are in the sweepstakes of uh, tanking for Trevor Lawrence. So why would that matter? Because this team looks, I mean, this team looks like the worst team in football. This well, team looks like the worst team, like, in the last five years. Well, if this is a thing where it's like, okay, like, we'll, we'll keep Gase um, with the thought, like, not fire him, but keep them sucking for the entire year and then dump him off in the offseason um, and then just go over, over Lawrence and just build the team around that. I just, like, I, I'm excited to see what the the sitcom that happens with the New York Jets coming up here is, is going to look like because they're – they don't look like a professional football team right now. The Somerset Golden Eagles could beat the could beat the uh, the New York Jets right now. I don't disagree with you, 
Uh, the team <laughs> they share a stadium with, the Giants, also fucking pitiful. We're going to talk about them. <laughs> We're going to talk about them uh, coming down the line here. But you want to talk about an ongoing clown show that has absolutely had me on the ropes. You know, Shane, I uh, there's not a lot of things that I feel – uh, that, that I connect with, you know, the NFL is one of those things. And I got to say week in and week out for those who know, uh, anyone that's listened to the episodes in the archives or knows me personally, I, for some reason have chosen the Atlanta Falcons to be my team of choice. <laughs> so before we go into this game, let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Why are you a Falcons fan? Because literally I was at work today, and someone asked me why you're a Falcons fan, and I said, I don't know. So why, why don't you tell the boys and girls why you're a Falcons fan? Okay, so um, first of all, tell that person, mind their goddamn business. They don't need to know my personal my personal affairs. I'm just kidding. Uh, if you're listening, I apologize. Uh, anyway, so uh, here's why I'm a Falcons fan. When I was 10 years old, I remember a, a little team, a little engine that could, if you will. Uh, they went to the Super Bowl. They were the Atlanta Falcons. They played Minnesota. Minnesota that year went 15 and one. Uh, with uh, they had like Randall Cunningham, Chris Carter. That was Randy Moss's like rookie year. Um, so they they were absolutely loaded on offense, and they were favored by double digits in the NFC title game, which was funny to me. But uh, I watched that NFC title game, and I just thought, man. First of all, those old Falcons uniforms are fucking sick, dude. With, with the black on black Falcon on the side, it's so freaking dope, dude. And that, that's, they had that's the one silver. of my favorite jerseys of all time. Yeah, they had the silver too. Like, well, this is before that. Yep. This is before the redesign that Michael Vick wore and shit. This is before yeah, yeah. that. Uh, they had like silver, silver pants and like white jerseys. I just thought it was the sickest fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Vick came. Uh, from Virginia Tech, they picked them one overall, and I said, you know what, this is my team. I bought a Michael Vick jersey uh, that day when he got drafted. And ever since then, I've just lived in misery of this team. Um, look, we can talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, let's let, let's get down to brass tacks here this week. Well, Walk well, us well, through it. What are you feeling? How'd well, it go? Well, look, I think I need to paint the entire picture here. All right. <laughs> We had the Super Bowl 28-3. We all know the rest of the story. Fast forward to week two of the 2020 NFL season. The Falcons are up. Let me just paint this picture for you, Shane. Mm -hmm. The Falcons are up 39-24 to with five minutes left. 39-24 with five minutes. All we, all we got to do is land the plane. That's all we got to do. The hard part's over. You're you're right. Then the biggest special teams gaffe I've ever seen happens where five Falcons players don't know the rules of football and they watch this (laughs) ball just spin into oblivion. The final score of that game. With all all due respect to Legatron, continue. Yes, yes. Greg Zerline, big big fan of the show. Uh, Shout out to Legatron. But um, so, so... you have that game last week. They lose 40-39. to 39. It kind of felt worse than the Super Bowl a little bit, if we're being honest, uh, because it's the same old song and dance, and it doesn't get any easier watching it. And I said to myself, Shane, after watching that game last week, I said to myself, this team will never surprise me again. 
this team will never surprise me because I've been through the worst yeah. of it as yeah. a fan. Then week three of the NFL season happened in 2020. And the motherfuckers did it again, Shane. They did it again, bro. <laughs> this is the first team in uh. NFL history. Let me hit you with a stat. First team in NFL history to ever lose two games in one season when you had a 15-point lead or more going into the fourth and, quarter. And that, that is a real stat line? That is a real stat. The Falcons have done it in week two and week three. Back-to-back weeks. And I you can't even... You hate to see it. I can't even sit here and blame Matt Ryan at this point. <laughs> I'm a known Matt Ryan hater. I am. Yeah, yep. That's my that's my motto. No more Matt Ryan. You know, I think they should start tanking for Trevor. Yeah. But I mean, hey, it, it might be. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, look, Julio's out. So you got Calvin Ridley, who, by the way, I mean, this guy's breaking out, isn't he? Calvin Ridley's an absolute stud. Just an absolute mm-hmm. stud. Um, yeah. But other than that, who do you got? Got a whole lot of nobody. He's got Hayden Hurst. He caught a touchdown yesterday. Mm-hmm. But he's not Austin Hooper, who, by the way, yeah. has been completely signed in Cleveland. Completely signed. But to me, man, like the more you think about it and the more you kind of break it down, you're just you're just blown away. You you're blown away that Dan Quinn still has a job. You're blown away, even more than maybe you even have to a little. Be at this point. Come on. Maybe even a little more than Adam Gase. You wonder. This team started well, one. I think it, I, so speaking to that, though. So with, I think that it is more staggering that he's still there versus Gase. Because, and we kind of talked about this with Vinny from Holdfast. The expectation versus reality sort of thing. The Jets knew that they were going to be in rebuild mode. They knew it. Um. Whereas with the with the Falcons, it's always this like ah like you know the Falcons could be a front runner in the NFC this year, and this year is just like we went from that kind of being the discussion, kind of being the talking point, to being like you guys look like a bad football team, um, and not just like a oh you know maybe the maybe having a preseason game or two would have ironed out some of those uh, those rough edges. They look like a apocalyptically bad football team. And that's um, that's a goddamn and I, shame. And man. accountability has to start happening. Accountability has to start happening, dude. Somebody has to pay for this. Look, <laughs> look somebody, <laughs> somebody will pay. Um, but no, like you got to look, man. Arthur Blank builds this palace in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And do you think? Have you seen it in person? No, I haven't seen it in person. I saw the old Georgia Dome. That, I haven't seen this. This this new place looks unfreaking believable. It's insane looking, but continue. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's like so he's built this palace, you know. I would even I would say it rivals the one in Dallas. Probably doesn't hold as many people, but I think it's it's sleek, man, and it looks cool. It's it's probably in the top five between yeah. like uh the Viking Stadium, SoFi, like uh Jerry World. Um yeah, it, it's definitely up there for sure, but continue. Yeah. But um so he built he built this stadium, you know, because off the backs of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones taking them to a Super Bowl, you know, that he built this stadium and this is the product that you're putting out. And I get it. Yeah. You're going to you're going to come back to me and say, "You know what, Lance? 
look, they've looked good. They've looked good. You know, for if only if only NFL games were fifty minutes instead of sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or if only they were 45 minutes. The last quarter the last quarter was only 5 minutes long. It doesn't count, man. Okay? Because look, they they nursing I'm telling you right now, man, and this is coming from a, an Atlanta Falcons fan. There ain't no lead that is safe when you're playing the Falcons. So if you're down by yep. however many points, it's okay, man. We can still well, I guess come back. that would be that would be there's no lead there's no lead that is safe if if you are the Falcons. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm so fired <laughs> up by this. Um no, I mean, dude, I uh, – do, do you know when the Falcons bye week is? I'm not entirely sure off the top week of my 10. head. Week 10. I Can't mean, if, if this enough. keeps up week 10, he has to get his walking papers. I think – If there's like – oh, He has to, right? Like if – let's say they go into the bye week and they have two wins. And it's not like fresh off of two wins. It's like, okay, let's say hypothetically they win the next two games um, and then lose another you know, six straight. He has to get his walking papers. He has to. Dude, I think he should be fired this moment in time. Mm-hmm. You're giving him eight fucking games? It. Yeah, I'd agree with him. I think if it's if it's eight games of this quality of, of football, um you're it's 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 an intentional tanking for for Trevor Lawrence for sure. Oh, um, come on. They're... And the thing the thing that kind of gets me with this as well is Losing is one thing, but when you lose in the manner that they've been losing, that's a cultural problem. That's that's a that's an entire franchise problem because that's just like you, you you know teams teach like you know teach and and speak to grit and you know finishing the game and keeping the the throttle down and blah blah blah. So if this is just like if if your team's culture is that it can't finish, there needs to be a rebrand and quick. Yeah, but I mean, this has been indicative of this Falcons team since 2015. True. When, when Matt Ryan yeah. played out of his mind, you know, and, and so you get, and then 17 obviously wins the MVP. They go to the Super Bowl. And, man, I, I, I don't know. Like, this is, this is getting to the point of, like, I feel what Jets fans feel. I feel the same thing yeah. Browns fans feel, but maybe – even worse because again, this team is touted as going to be a powerhouse in the NFC every single year. And in the last two years, for, through the first ten games, they're one in ten. The first eleven games, they're yeah. one in ten. That's pathetic. Jeez. That is pathetic. That's not good. When you have when you have yep. offensive firepower like you do on that team, when you have mm-hmm. two receivers who I would consider probably. Two of the best in the NFL, at least right now. Yeah, the running backs. There's, there's is, no, there's no reason for it to not be working. Yeah, unless it's you're right. Yep. Unless it's a culture thing, unless these guys have just quit on Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. which should have been fired last year, if we're being honest. But yeah, yep. Gurley, you know, Gurley is just so you know, I don't know. I, I'm not getting anything from him that. I think that uh, I don't know. I, I'm not getting anything from him where I think that uh, it's an interesting year, man. It's an interesting fucking mm-hmm. year, bro. And yeah, again, no, I'm, I'm not even. I can, like, can you really be mad at a team, especially in an NFL season like this? Can you really be mad at them? <laughs> you know, like I just assume everybody's gonna suck. You know. 
Yep. And through all these injuries and shit, but, man, you know, I don't yeah, know. But I, I hate seeing you like this. Um, let, let's start dissecting week three here a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's, we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about the F word. Uh, we're going to talk about other teams here. All right. Thank How's that God. sound? Thank God. <laughs> pull me from, pull me from the fire, please. <laughs> um, but first up, let's, t- let's discuss, we have a couple highlight games we're going to talk about here. First up, um, we're going to talk about the Seahawks and Cowboys. Um, what do you think? Let's talk about it. Here's here's something that uh, I actually talked to you a little bit uh, yesterday about, or mm-hmm. when we, when I was watching the game. Dak Prescott in this game threw for 472 yards. 472 yards. He almost threw for 500 yards in this game. Yep. And and he's doing this every single week. He's the reason mm-hmm. they came back and beat the Falcons. You know, here's yeah. the thing about Dak Prescott. He wins you a whole hell of a lot of games. Yeah. I don't know why they refuse to pay him. Well, like, I, don't, I, don't, like, I know I know his asking price is high, but, but I don't think that he's necessarily wrong. Like, I mean, look. I think that he potentially has that value. He's consistently he's consistently putting out numbers like this. It's not like this is like a one-year one wonder thing or yeah. whatever, you know? He, he's... Mm-hmm. When Ezekiel Elliott is healthy and that offense can run like it's supposed to, Dak yep. Prescott can flourish, man. He he can Yo, flourish. That, that whole offense, that whole offense when it's when it's operating at peak efficiency is a juggernaut, dude. Like Michael they're Gallup, an offensive powerhouse whenever think, it's working. I think Michael Gallup is very underrated, and yep. he's super super under the radar for sure. Yeah. And you have Amari Cooper, you know. So that mm-hmm. receiving core, Ezekiel Elliott's probably a top five back in the NFL. Uh, yep. Here's their issue though: that defense is fucking butt cheeks, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty heinous, dude. Like um, that defense is and, fucking Swiss cheese. And and I know we have a hot Russell Wilson right now, but he picked them apart, dude. Absolutely fuck. picked them apart. Okay, so. Uh, DK Metcalf, who I've been touting on this show as a... yeah, this, this is a big DK show for sure. Oh uh, like, yeah. We're, we're very we're, pro we're DK. On him. Yes, we are pro DK Metcalf, but here's my thing. He, he comes out, he comes out in this game and he has a bonehead <laughs> mistake. He's lollygagging to the goal line. The Dallas guy knocks it out. It's a touchback. Mm-hmm. That's a bonehead move on DK's part. But you know yeah. what? Who did Russell look for for that final touchdown of the game to seal it? Yeah. I mean, that, which I think that speaks volumes to how highly the franchise thinks of DK. Yeah. Because it's like, in pro, like, I feel like a lot of younger receivers in that situation would have been punished. You know, would have been like, ah, like, you know, we're, we're, like, you're going to, it might not be intentional or not, like, or not spoken, but, you know, they may, they may lose looks. But still, I mean, in prime time, they, they, they're like, that's our guy. We got to get him that ball. Um, which he should be that guy, and I think he is that guy. He's, I, I think DK. We're going to see him in a couple years, kind of turn into that superstar status. I think. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He. We talked about a little bit earlier about you know the the prototypical quarterbacks you would start your team with. You know the size and the build and things yep. like that. I think DK Metcalf is the exact receiver everybody should want. You know, yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with that. Like, and, and it's funny because I remember I was watching a little bit of this Cowboys game, and people were talking. Like, I I remember thinking, like, vividly thinking, 
do you remember when everyone was making fun of him because his cone drill was slower than Tom Brady's? Yes. Um, does that does that matter at all? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> he's he's making defensive backs look foolish out there. Yeah. Um, and I and I'm I'm going to assume that that trend is just going to keep going upwards. He looks silly, man. They just look silly because mm-hmm. he is that Julio Jones, that that guy that could run like a deer. But he's like six yep. five and just huge, you know, and uh, and it's like it's like a weird like he's like the perfect middle ground between power and finesse, um, which is kind of which, which I feel like where we're at in the NFL, you don't see a lot of power in in the wide receiver position anymore. Um, so I, I think that's what makes him different is like a lot like with this with the league being so set up for speed, him even if even if he's slower than someone, um. The, the the like he's gonna outstrength them yeah. every single time yeah and every single time that's what makes him deadly is he's so quick yep Russell Wilson has the prettiest deep ball in the NFL yep you you know we we've we've talked about this for for a couple years now actually that there's there is no there there is not a prettier deep ball in the NFL period and he always period. hits it too end of, it's, end of it's, discussion it's kind of wild he mm-hmm. always hits it you know he's always like yeah right in the basket you know yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. But, but one of the one of the interesting storylines I want to talk about on this regarding this game, um, this injury to Chris Carson. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, this is dirtier let, let, than. Let, let, hold on, this was dirtier <laughs> than Jordan Deuce drawers, man. I mean, just yep. dirty. Yep. Which is funny. I have I haven't seen it. I haven't gotten any update about it, and we don't have an insider because we're not on ESPN. But um, yeah, right. Adam Schefter, big time listener. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't, I haven't seen anything about a fine or suspension with uh, Tristan Hill. Uh, have you seen anything? I don't think he's going to get anything, man, because they're going to say it was unintentional. Which is, which I don't know if, if anyone, if, if, the, if people have not seen the, the video of this tackle, um, at this point, I'm sure you could YouTube it pretty dang easily. But um, this was what, like, this was a unbelievably intentional rolling of rolling of an ankle lower leg um and also on a side note here um the chiefs are just aerating the the ravens right now yes. it's this is insane it's 20 it's 20 26 to 10 with under two minutes left to go in the half but anyway um uh but yeah i what are your thoughts on this tackle so i mean it's dirty as hell if you haven't seen it yet go watch it immediately yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. Chris Carson, my feature back in fantasy football, of course he is. <laughs> uh, so that that's that's duty. Um, but you know, in in a in such a hyper safe NFL, which I'm not opposed to that. I'm not. I like. I'm kind of past the point of my life where I'm just like, yeah, like I want to see gladiator football where they're ripping each other's arms off and stuff like that. Um, I do enjoy this new faster pace. Um, more strategic style of football. Um, it has a little bit of like an NBA vibe about it, if that makes sense. Um, some of the flashiness and stuff like that. Um, in such a in such a hyper safe NFL, how is this not dealt with? Like it's just, man. Like this is this is wild to me, especially in the day and age we live in now. You know, my mm-hmm. my dad always told me about when he watched the Steelers, the Steel Curtain in the 1970s. Uh, these defensive players used to be able to pick up the quarterback and step two, you know, step twice and then drive him into the ground. You know, this yeah. isn't that time anymore, man. You got to protect mm-hmm. these players. We're seeing it now. 
more than ever, probably in San Francisco, where it seems like everybody is hurt. And <laughs> literally and, half the roster is hurt. Yeah, yeah. But like you see that and you see how important these guys are to the game, man. You got to protect mm-hmm. them yep. by any means necessary, you know? And this is mm-hmm. just, this is, yeah. re- this is reckless letting this fly. Yeah. Which I think the interesting stuff with this is one of, uh, which not to call um, Roger Goodell into question here, but one of the things nonstop is about, you know, being, um, you know, protecting the shield, all this blah, 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 like this kind of, you know, quality of play stuff and everything and consistency. Um, how do you not consistently call this? Like, how do you not consist? Like, if we're going to talk about consistency and, you know, protecting the quality of, of, of play on the field and the shield and blah and whatever, like, how do we not call this? How is this not addressed? Which is, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is something that uh, I can't, man, like the more I see it, you know, the more I'm just like, wow, you look like a bunch of hypocrites, man. Because, yeah, I mean, they're trying to protect against headshots and stuff like that. But like stuff like this, man, you know, somebody asked me once if I'd rather take a blow to the head or a blow to the knee. And I had to think about it because, yeah. Getting your knees taken out, man. I can just imagine that being the fucking worst thing ever, right? Let's well, especially like, especially whenever you're getting, whenever you're at a point where it's like, we're not talking like a spur. I mean, this injury was a a first degree sprain uh, for Chris Carson, but like, a sprain sucks. But like, even getting into the realm of like MCL, PCL, um, a or or ACL, PCL, and MCL, when you're getting into that realm, is like. I mean, we saw what was it? Um, uh, not Zach Ertz, um, Zach Miller from from the Bears. Oh. Like, we're getting into that realm of knee injuries. Like, we're not like we don't want that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I know for me, like if I was in that realm, like I would take the head injury over the knee injury. I think. Man, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, it's like you would think it'd be a no brainer, no pun intended. But like, you would think it would be something that people wouldn't have to think about. But I don't know, man. If if the and let us know your thoughts at Collective Heel at Rain Shiley on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. Would you rather get hit in the head or hit in the knees? You know, mm-hmm. uh, but but for me, man, like I can't even thinking about that is fucking terrifying, bro. And so, yeah. ugh. anyway, you got to protect these guys. Chris Carson. I know he's not a household name yet, but the guy's still a premier running back in the league, and you guys need to protect yep. him better. So. Key, key word is yeah on that one because I, I think Chris Carson's ceiling is very very high. Oh, I do, and, too. and I think he can be a premier running back for sure. Well, I hope so for my fantasy sake, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I mean, Seattle comes out on top, thirty-eight, thirty-one. Russell Wilson throws five mm-hmm. touchdowns, should have been six. Um, yep. If we're counting that one, uh, if we're counting that one that uh, DK just let kind of get slapped out of his hands. Um, mm-hmm. another interesting game from the, from the other day though, Shane, uh, this Patriots Raiders game was something to behold. Um, the Patriots come out, put up 250 rushing yards as a team. Not, not one running yeah. back had it, but Rex Burkhead goes out there, scores three touchdowns. They handily beat a Las Vegas team that just beat New Orleans on Monday night. Well, yeah, I was, I was really going to say that the cool thing about this game for me was um, going into the season, these were kind of two teams that everyone's kind of like, yeah, we'll see. Like, eh. 
the Raiders, I feel like, were people were, were more leaning towards them being a bad football team than being a good football team. Um, so I think both these teams have flipped their narratives this year. Um, all of a sudden, the dynasty doesn't look as dead as everyone thought it was. The Raiders look like, dare I say, a good football team right now. Um, but no, yeah, I like th- this is an inter- a very, very interesting game for sure. But uh, w- what else do you think on this one? So, look, I think that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick have created a game plan for Cam Newton that is just, yep. it seems idiot-proof at this point. You know, uh, hand the ball off when you have to. You know, you're going to throw the, the mid to intermediate slants, and then you're going to run mm-hmm. when you have to, you know. John Gruden uh, yep. came out before the game. He said a couple of years ago he came up uh, – what was the nickname he gave him? Uh, Slam Newton. Slam Newton, because he's like a power <laughs> forward playing quarterback. And yep, I got to say, man, like Cam Newton has impressed me so much this year because he had he, so much. He really, work. really impressed me. Because he has so much working against him. Christ, he didn't get picked up until like, what was it, the beginning of July or whatever? You know, maybe end of June? Yep. Yeah, dang near right before the season started. <laughs> yeah, like it's like, so, okay, so you're going to, you're going to, First of all, the fact that he was on the market for so long and we see teams like Denver who are just – Yep. I mean, there's not even a word to describe that. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, any other team for that matter. And the fact that you let New England do this, if they win the Super Bowl, we have nobody to blame but our fucking selves is what the NFL should be telling us. (laughs) Yep. Well, the interesting thing, I'm like looking – I'm looking at the stat lines for this game right now. Um the Patriots had seven separate people with a carry. Seven separate players carried a football on a running play, um, which I think is unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, they're running, like, which is kind of funny because, like we said, talking about how this being a, a more finesse football, like uh, like brand of football at this point in the world. Um, all of a sudden, the Patriots are set up for this super, super, like, power-heavy like offense, like from like running these power plays with Cam Newton running all these, like, yeah, it, it's just, they're going to wear football teams down this year. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that I, I like, I'm super, super excited for that team to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, um, like, look, new England, they're, they're two and one right now. They lost a hard fought game against Seattle that they had the chance to win. Yeah. They were in position to win that fucking game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think this New England team is – they're playing to Cam Newton's strength, which I think is going to benefit everybody involved in the long run. Yep. Yeah. Because – I, I also – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if you look at their receiving core in New England, they have Julian mm-hmm. Edelman and a bunch of, you know, Nikhil Harry. Who? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, who? Yep. Like, and so – Yeah, the the – the the household name drop off is very very quick in New England. Yeah, like yeah yeah like you said Edelman and then a bunch of people. Where it's like, it it just sounds like you're throwing pulling random names out of a hat. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, it's like a Madden created player or whatever. Um, yep. But like, so you you take that into consideration and and you kind of see the way that Cam Newton has been handled, the way the playbook has been executed the way that New England has just mm-hmm. looked overall through three weeks. And you got to say right now, the grade's an A, man. You got to say it. Yeah, 100%. And, I, like, 
and and I think I'm gonna put both these two teams honestly, um, more so the Patriots a little bit. I mean, it, it it goes towards the Raiders as well. But I wouldn't be stunned if I see these teams either of these two teams. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna call a Super Bowl right now, but I wouldn't be stunned if either of these te- two teams kind of had a super super impressive like late season run leading into the playoffs. Would not be shocked at all. Hmm. I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see through yeah. the next, you know, um, the, the Raiders look tough, but they just didn't look like the better team on the field. New England just looked like yeah. uh, all around just a better team. Um, yeah. The last game we kind of want to focus on before we talk about the rest of the week three schedule. Uh, Sunday night, it was New Orleans and Green Bay. You want to talk about twisting narratives. I think both of these teams are kind of doing that themselves. Uh, Drew Brees yep. looks like his arm is about to fall off. If we're being honest, it, it it does not look good. It like flat out. I was watching that game and it almost looked like. And dare I say this? It looks like Drew Brees is afraid to throw the ball down the field. Um, I think about it was like a which I mean checkdowns obviously like he he's in a position to still thrive because he is Drew Brees. He's still smart. He still knows the game, but. There was a there's one play in particular that really I was just like man like you don't want to throw the you don't really want to take a chance right now. Um, it was a little bit later in the game he threw a little check down swing pass to the bottom I believe it was to, uh, to Alvin Kamara, um, but he stepped up in the pocket and it looked like he was about to he was about to take a shot, and then just pulled back and I was just like I don't know if I've ever seen a Drew Brees that has done that. Like I feel like Drew Drew Brees has always enjoyed being the gunslinger kind of letting it fly. Um, but he just doesn't look like he, like he can like he can throw a ball downfield at this point in his career, which is which bums me out because I, I love Drew Brees, love him. But yeah, I just interesting. It looked very very interesting that Saints offense. Yeah. Um, look, I I think that Aaron Rodgers is playing on another level right now, and I don't Heel know Rodgers, dude. Yeah, Heel Rodgers. I don't know if it's you know his relationship with Matt Lafleur is getting a little bit more comfortable. You don't think so, considering Green Bay took Jordan Love in the in the draft this year. But uh, yeah. you wonder. Apparently, I, I listened to an interview with him where he said that he is loving, like him and Lafleur are like in, on really really good terms right now. So there it is, I guess. I mean, look, I I think that here's the thing about the Saints and uh, Drew Brees is obviously looking lost without Michael Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. He's looking lost right now. He can't throw the ball probably farther than ten yards. You know, because he doesn't have trust in these guys. <laughs> Last night, he throws a yeah. fucking laser to Emmanuel Sanders that looked great. Looked great. Mm-hmm. But where has that breeze been all year? And I think they're suffering from it. Look, this team is 1-2. and two. Yep. This team is 1-2 yeah. and two right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of well, people... Uh, I think that it's, it's interesting because you, like, on this show even, like, we kind of discussed this NFC South being insane. You know, just being like, a, you, you could win... 10 games and missed the playoffs in this division. And this division is looking real, real human right now. Um, and not nearly as godlike as we expected it to be. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you expected a team like the saints to moonwalk to a division title, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're looking clonky right now. They're not looking good. Well, if you look at the, if you look at the NFC South right now, I mean, obviously Arizona or uh, not Arizona, Atlanta, in the fucking basement mm-hmm. right now at 0 and 3. Carolina's <laughs> 1 and 2. They haven't looked good. New Orleans is 1 and 2. They haven't looked good. And Tampa Bay, 
is uh two and Has one okay at best yeah they they've looked horribly average there's two divisions this year that mm-hmm. i think you could get a seven and nine winner from one of them is the nfc south the other one's the mm. nfc east yeah I, I think I think the NFC the NFC East winner will be seven and nine. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a mite on that one. That's Ugh. that's gonna that's gonna be basically a bye week for whoever whoever plays them in the playoffs. But yeah. Um. But going back to this Packers team though, I've I'm unbelievably impressed by this Packers team. Um. Yeah. To the point where, um. At this point in the season, I think I think Rodgers is, is the front runner for the MVP. Um. Ooh. I think Russell Wilson's a close number two. Um. And then we, I, 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 at this point, I'd put Josh Allen up there, and obviously Mahomes is going to be up there to some capacity. But I think this is a two-horse race between Russell Wilson and um, uh, Aaron Rodgers at this point. Ooh, man, I through three weeks of the NFL season, man, I mean, I, I would lean more Josh Allen right now if we're being completely honest because mm. he's playing with a stacked deck. You know, like he's playing – True in Buffalo, you know, and, and, and so I think that Josh Allen through three weeks has looked as good, maybe not better, but as good yeah. as a lot of the other quarterbacks have or a lot of other yeah. quarterbacks have. I, and I think the interesting thing here is, um, and, and I read this crazy stat on, on Wilson, he has not gotten one MVP vote. Not, And that's not, that's not a him not getting an MVP. He has not gotten one vote to be the MVP. Um, and man, like, I know, he, you know, this whole off-field persona thing that he's doing right now. If he, I know we've, we've been saying a lot of heel Rodgers, but I think we might have a little bit of a heel Russell Wilson going on up in Seattle because it looks like he's playing with a dang boulder on his shoulder right now. Yeah. And look, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is elevating guys such as Alan Lazard, and Marquez <laughs> Valdez Scantling. So, yep, <laughs> who have been playing well. Uh, credit where credit's due. The, the, both those guys have like stepped up into their roles and and definitely are like crushing it. But no, yeah, they're not necessarily household names. Not even they're not even really shed names to be honest with you. They're you know pretty low on the totem pole. Shed names, not even household <laughs> names. You're not even driveway <laughs> names, man. You know, but um. So I think it's going to Oh man. Like there's a lot to get to with this Green Bay team and you know Sam big shout mm-hmm. out to Sam our, our good friend. Uh he's got to yep. be loving every second of this. This got to be loving Yo, every it. single second of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look, the Packers come out with a win. Was it pretty? No. But it was Aaron Rodgers who once said that standings don't have a picture. Yep. All you know, so um, in the words of Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious, winning is winning. Um, and they pulled in that dub. Are you sure that that was the quote? That's something like that. I don't, that's, that sounds right. So. <laughs> Hit him at, at Rain anyway, Shiley yeah. and let him know that. Let's, but, okay, so let, let's kind of get away from the, the game breakdown sort of stuff here. The big takeaways for week three. I'm going to start this bad boy off from, from the biggest one, I think. Um, Mitch Trubisky out. He is out in Chicago. It appears as if the reign, the the Mitch Trubisky reign of terror is over. Do you think? And, and that's not necessarily a reign of terror in a good way. I think it's a reign of terror, like at the at the sigh, the collective sigh in, in, in the Windus City. I think they're excited about Nick Foles taking over here. 
What do you think? All right. So my question to you would be, do you think Mitch Trubisky has played his last game as a Chicago Bear? Unless, unless Foles goes out and just like stinks up the place in the next couple of weeks, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I think, yes, I think he's out. I know he's on a contract year. The regime that's running Chicago right now is not the same regime that drafted him. I think that Chicago more looks at him as trade value or just cutting the dead weight value right now um, over actually trying to have him in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, that's something that uh, and, you're right. And you also brought up a good point on this as well. Like we were texting about this. Um you believe that this is all this is proof that um that Nagy wanted him wanted Foles in week one. Uh and this is kind of him finally getting his way. Yeah. I mean that's that's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. You know, Matt Nagy's never seemed like he's been sold on Mitch Trubisky. It's something that he inherited. You know? Yep. But look, this is the team yeah. that they went out and Nick Foles went out. Threw four touchdowns, should have been five. I feel like that wasn't an interception. I felt like that was definitely a, a touchdown pass. but um, And not because I was rooting for my Atlanta Falcons to lose either. I would do no such thing. <laughs> you um, would you would never do that. You would never do that. Come on now. You you um, would never vote for your team to lose so that uh, – um, so that, you know, Dan Quinn would get fired. You would never you would never root for something ne- like that. Never, never in my life. But I do think Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky's time in Chicago's over. Nick Foles comes in there mm-hmm. and in relief and just, you know, tosses the pill around, man. And it's Yep. I see this this And w- which is funny, I know a lot of people like I have heard a couple people who are like, you know, like Mitch wasn't that bad. I mean but uh, the thing okay, Mitch might not have been necessarily bad. But that team has been stale, or that offense in particular has been stale since he since he got into the, like since he became the starter, and I don't like, and with less time than Mitch had, Nick Foles put up bigger numbers and affected the game more. Um, so yeah, I think I don't know. I, I just think that the team, uh, very similar to the sense of how, um, um, Tannehill got that spark um, going to Tennessee. I think Chicago needed that spark. Um, and I think Nick Foles is the spark that they needed. And I'm not saying that they're going to win a Super Bowl with, with Nick Foles, because um, I don't think they will. But um, I think that this is just what that team needed to actually kind of maybe get back on the right track or maybe at least, at least get a step forward. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and again, I didn't want this to come – I didn't want this to, to, to be against my team. I mean, I, I didn't want to see this mm-hmm. happen – Nick Foles has already beaten Atlanta in the playoffs a couple of years ago in a game, so I'm I was already salty about that. Old feelings start rushing to me once again. But mm-hmm. to me And then I don't sorry, know. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And I was gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little humble brag here for a second. Um Shane Stradamus rolled through on this one. You go back in the archives and you're gonna find a you're gonna find a post or not a post, a show where where I the true NFL genius on this show said week three, Nick Foles is, is playing. Um, you can go back and find that. I'll wait. You didn't, I don't think you said week three. I think you said like week five or something. 
Well, right now I'm saying I said week three, so okay. it was week three. You know what? We're just going to rewrite history here on the Heel Turn Collective podcast. <laughs> Shane's just going to write whatever the hell he wants, man. It's, But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Nick Foles comes in and he looks good, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Today, Matt Nagy actually did name him the starter, so he's he's going to be the starter in Chicago for the foreseeable future, so. Yeah, Mitch. Yes, I think I think we have seen the last of Mitch. <laughs> something else I want to talk about, Shane. That, it, that it's a something interesting happened yesterday. That um, I feel like the Eagles played to tie, and I don't yeah, know how I feel about that yesterday. Um, and I think I think the uh, um, in the words of of Bobby Boucher's mother, um, the chickens are have come to roost. Um, and I think the, like, I think the, the, the city of, 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 uh, Philadelphia here is starting to question Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I think they're valid. Cause now Doug Peterson is fielding questions at his press conferences about putting Jalen Hurts in, which. Yeah. And that, which honestly, and here's the other thing I'm going to say about that too, is you asked for it. I think, I think whenever you whenever you draft a quarterback that is noted to like a notable quarterback, I'm not even saying necessarily first rounder Jalen Hurst hurts had hype coming out of college, like real deal hype. It wasn't like a, this wasn't going to be like, Oh, like it was kind of touted a project. But I think whenever you take a quarterback in the first, even, even like three rounds, but especially in the first two rounds, you're thinking about something. You, you have something on your mind. Um, and yeah, I, I think that this is a little bit of the the Eagles kind of being doomed by what they did um, by taking a quarterback that high. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I think that there is a uh, look. I think the Eagles played the tie yesterday. They had a false start um, mm-hmm. that that set Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott was about to kick a 59 yard field goal to win the game, and they got a false start, which would have made it 64. This kid's got some leg, but I know you're you're not gonna try it from there because then Cincinnati would get the ball. But you gotta try yep. to go for it, right? You gotta try to you get as to. far down the field yeah. as you can. There's also how do you get a false start penalty with no fans in in attendance? Like them hard counts, in the huddle, man. they're like, hey, like this, this is gonna be on two, this is gonna be on three, whatever. Well, the hard count the hard count's not not supposed to get your own player. <laughs> it does though. <laughs> what do you think all false starts that's a good are just, point i didn't think about it like that. like do you just think all false starts just happen organically that's what happens is the hard count yeah. gets them. but but he but he knew the snap count is the problem <laughs> yeah so i mean you're already playing 50 feet ahead you know but i mean i i don't know like i just think they played the tie man because cincinnati's not good yep and now yeah they're not good they're which that's a team that that we knew was in rebuild mode. Can I that just we say, knew was in rebuild mode, and all of a sudden, they've had two games now that have been like, okay, like yeah, <laughs> like okay, the Bengals aren't horrible. So let me uh, let me say this real quick. Joe Burrow took an ab- absolute ass whooping in this game. Uh, he got Woo! killed. He got killed <laughs> multiple times. And uh, look, man, I oof. Man, I, I I don't know. I we I literally texted you about that one hit that was just like where he got decapitated. Yeah, like and so that I that's the thing is Joe Burrow I think has the potential to be a superstar. I think he can be that larger than life NFL quarterback. 
the reality of it is I don't think he's going to survive Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that we're going to see him kind of either one of two things. I think he's going to get some sort of injury that's going to like slow down his, um, his progression or um, he's, I, I think he's going to lose that confidence. I think he's going to lose that thing that makes Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Um, and I, and I think he's going to start getting a little bit antsy in the pocket, especially if it's like two years of him taking a beating like this, I like, he's going to lose the thing that makes him special. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, we got a lot of time left uh, here in the season, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. I mean, is that going to come back and bite Philly in the ass? You know, we'll see. Um, Another quick, a couple of quick takeaways before we get into our week four picks and get the hell out of here. Um, Mm -hmm. The Giants look awful. They mustered nine points against a heavily depleted San Francisco 49ers team. And couldn't even score a touchdown. Daniel Jones just looks lost. Just looks lost. Yep. You know? Um, Another takeaway. Deshaun Watson is incredibly average. He's very average, mm-hmm. and he got exposed against an albeit really good Pittsburgh defense. But Deshaun Watson can't – I don't know yeah. if it's a combination of the, of the scheme or what. He looks very human right now. And maybe I haven't yeah. bought the Deshaun Watson Which, hype. It, 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 almost, it, almost makes you, it almost makes you think, I wonder if DeAndre Hopkins was pretty crucial to that offense. Huh. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway, <laughs> that's a stupid thought. I'll never say that ever again. Um, huh. Yeah, dude, I, that that whole – that yeah, the, the last probably year or so, I would say that the hype for Deshaun Watson is kind of regulated a little bit. Um, I think last year was kind of like, okay, let's see where, where this guy kind of goes. And this year has kind of been like, huh, you're not that great. Wait you're, not, you're not the Michael Jordan of – of a of football as a um as Dabu Sweeney has claimed. <laughs> Wait, a minute, did you just call him Dabu? Yeah, Dabo. Dabo. You just called him Dabu. No, I said Dabo. Whatever. Uh, anyway, but yeah, you're right. He came out. <laughs> <laughs> he said Deshaun Watson is the Michael Jordan, or will be the Michael Jordan in the NFL. We thought that was high praise, and we see now that it might, you know, that might not be true. It, it might look a little bit more like the Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan, of, of professional football. Absolutely. And then one final game I want to talk about before we get into our picks. The Cleveland Browns look like the Cleveland Browns should. You know? They go in there and they mm-hmm. beat a Washington football team. Um, Dwayne Haskins <laughs> looks terrible at this point. Um, yeah. I, I was actually... I mean, that, that whole Washington team looked buff. Yeah. They look very... Very, there's a lot of – my takeaway, my final takeaway, is that there's a lot of average football being played right now. Um, you look yeah. at the Jets and the Giants, who both happen to play MetLife Stadium, and that stadium has single-handedly depleted the 49ers offense. Depleted. <laughs> and Joey Bosa. Or not Joey Bosa, but his brother. Yep. The other Bosa. Yeah, um, Nick. Yeah, Nick Bosa. Uh, but, yeah, so – there's a lot of average football being played right now, Shano, and it's it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see going forward uh, how you know how things. Yeah, there's a, I don't know. There are some teams right now that, regardless if they if if they if COVID was real or not, 
would have zero fans in attendance because there's some train wreck of football teams happening right now. Oh, it's bad. It's way bad. So, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, so there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of average football being played right now. But yeah, so shifting gears though, week four, before we get into week four here, um, let's do a real quick update. Lance, what are the, the records looking like right now for, for yourself and Shane Stradamus. Okay, so as we come into week four with our picks here, as we always do, Shane and I both, okay, currently right now, Kansas City's up 27-10. to 10. I took Kansas City, Shane took Baltimore. Taking that into account, taking that into account and give Shane that big old L and give Lance that big old dub, uh, I went 13-3 and three again this week. I went 13 and 3 last week, bringing my overall record to 35 and 13, Shano. I mean, that's that's top level stuff. You also went 13 and 3 last week, but you went 12 and 4. Or actually, you went 12 and 4 uh this week. 13 and 3 last week, your overall 33, so you'll be 30 33 and 15. How do you feel about those numbers mm. so far? Uh I feel pretty good. Um, it just solidifies the fact that if you want real NFL coverage, real NFL picks, you listen to the Heel Turn Collective, baby. That's Ab- just facts. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, it looks like we're we're sitting pretty right now as we kind of get in to the week four picks, like we do every single week. We break it down, we make a pick, and then we make asses of ourselves just over and over again. So, Shane, you ready to roll? Let's roll. Thursday night, my birthday, my 32nd birthday. This is how I'm treated. It's the Broncos. Quite the gift. Yes. Uh, It's the Broncos traveling to New York to take on the hapless Jets. Who do you take in this AFC matchup? I'm, man, for for some Thursday night snooze ball here. Let's go. I'm probably going Broncos on this one, to be honest with you. Um, Not necessarily because it's going to be close. I think this is just going to showcase how truly awful the Jets are. Yeah. Uh, I think this is Adam Gase's week. Uh, If they come out and they look flat and Jeff Driscoll throws the ball all over the field, you know, I think this is it for him. (laughs) Um, Next we have... Yes. uh, Next we have the Saints traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Lions picking up a win over... A surprising win over the Cardinals. uh, And they are taking on uh, the Saints who are coming off a, a Hard loss against the Packers. Shane, who do you got in this NFC matchup? Um, I'm going Saints on this one. Um, I think that um, the Saints are just gonna are just gonna play smart football. I don't think that that Drew Brees is going to allow two sloppy losses in a row. Um, so I'm going Saints on this. All right. Uh, I will also take the Saints. I don't think that the Lions are that good of a team. They picked up a win nah. this week. Nope. They, they picked up a win because Kyler Murray looked very average this week so um but yeah I'll, I'll go the saints also i just think that they uh they're just a better team right now in the nfc um next we have the chargers taking on tampa bay in tampa bay shane this will probably be justin herbert's third start who do you got in this game um i'm gonna go tampa bay on this one um the reason why um watching that broncos game last week that defense of the buccaneers looks stingy um, they love getting after the quarterback, and I think that's going to just overwhelm her, uh, Air Bear here. Yeah, uh, I will agree with you. I think the Buccaneers look—we're three and three right now. We're picking, 
uh, just the same teams right now. But look, we are Shane Stradamus and Lance the Great. So, uh, but I'm also taking the Buccaneers here. I think they're due for a week where they just look absolutely flawless. It'll just happen to come against the Los Angeles Chargers this week. Uh, I am yep. taking the Buccaneers to win uh, rather handily, if we shall say. Um, I'd agree with that. Next, another game where you should just get your tickets right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Cincinnati take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Shane, are you taking the Bengals for a second week in a row? I'm, I'm going to go Jags on this one, I think. Hmm. Um, I think right now, and this, and this isn't necessarily a showing of who is the better team. Um, this is a showing of who is the less bad team. Um, and I think that the Jags are just a pinch better, or a, ch- a pinch less bad than the, than the Bengals. I think we're going to separate on this one, man. I'm going to take the Bengals to pick up their first win. I think Jacksonville got exposed by Miami, which is never a good thing. Uh, yeah, not a good look. Not no. a good look. Uh, Gardner Minshew looked like Gardner Minshew should look. Um, but... Also, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that game, um, looked like he was trying to run for an MVP candidate. So yes, uh, that's besides the point. Continue. I agree. Um, so I will also, I'll, I'll take the Bengals here, man. You take the Jags, I'll take the Bengals. I just feel like this is going to be the game where Joe Burrow kind of starts looking like that number one pick. Um, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Um, Minnesota goes to Houston to take on an 0-3 Texans team. Uh, the Vikings coming off a, a heartbreaker against Tennessee uh, last mm-hmm. week, and now they go and play a Texans team coming off a loss to the Steelers. Both teams look like they don't know what direction they're going. Shane, who you got, the Vikings or the te- Texans? I'm going to go Texans on this one solely because someone has to win this game. Um, I don't think we're going to see impressive football out of this one, but I just think the Texans are going to pull it together a little bit and pull, and. and pull out a close one here. Well, let's hope so because I don't think starting 0-4 is just a dangerous place to be in, but I will also take the Texans in this game. I think Deshaun Watson kind of collects himself a little bit, and we see Mm -hmm. you know, who he's supposed to be. You know, that Michael Uh, Jordan-esque. We need to see him come out, and I think he does this week, and uh, I think they roll the Vikings early. So, uh, next we have the Seahawks and the Dolphins. If the first three weeks have been any indication of how this game is going to go, Russell Wilson's going to throw eight <laughs> touchdown passes in this game. Uh, but uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you yep. know, he looked good last week, but I just think that they're the better team right now. What says you, Shane? Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, Seahawks, and it's going to be ugly, I think. Um, like, I wouldn't be stunned if it was, like, a three-touchdown game. I think this one's going to be really, really ugly. Oh, wow. Okay. So, both taking the Seahawks and almost a blowout there. Uh, next... Two 3-0 teams squaring off. The Pittsburgh Steelers go to Tennessee to take on the Titans. This should be a slugfest. Shane, who you it got in be. this game? Um, As much as I want to say Titans on this one, um, I'm going to go Steelers on this one. Um, solely because I don't know if I trust um, how balanced the Titans' offense is. You know, you can slam, um, you can slam Henry all you want. But on this on this Steelers defense, you're gonna have to you're just gonna have to dominate. You're gonna have to operate really really smoothly, and I don't trust the Titans um, to operate at that level. Um, they're gonna be good, um, but I think they need to be great to win this one. 
I'm also I'm going to predict predict a defensive touchdown for the Steelers. Wow, what a prediction! Uh, I'm actually going to go to the Titans in this game. I just think that uh, of these two teams right now, I just feel like the Titans are the better and more complete team. The Steelers have looked good. Ben Roethlisberger's showing early signs of himself again, uh, but I think that the Titans take this one, go to four and zero. But the Steelers sitting at three one, they got to be thrilled about that. Uh, you know, if they were sitting at that, they, they got to be thrilled with that start. Um, yeah. Yep. Next, we got the Browns traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Shane, do you think Cleveland keeps it up for a third week in a row? I want to say yes, but I think you're going to Jerry World. I think that I think they're going to get dealt an L from the Cowboys here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going Cowboys on this one. Yeah, especially if we're getting the Dak Prescott we have gotten over the last two yep. weeks, because. Outside of Miles Garrett, the Browns' defense is a little soft. So yeah, and that's but this is this is the funny thing about both of these teams are this very well could be a game that the Browns pull out. Yeah, um, like it's like um, so I am going to put a little a little star next to this one for the upset alert. I could see the Browns winning this, but most likely the Cowboys are going to win it. Mm. Uh, I'm 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 actually going to go with the Cowboys here too. I just think that. Uh, Dak Prescott, the way he's been playing, you can't you can't overstate it. And I just think that here again, like I, I've already made all those points, but uh, again, I just think the Cowboys are going to win. I think it'll be close, but I, I'm going to take the Cowboys to pull one out. Um, yeah. Next, we got the Cardinals and the Panthers, two teams that looked a little a uh, little shaky this past week. Shane, are you back on the Cardinals bandwagon? I am still on the Cardinals bandwagon. I didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, I think the Cardinals uh, tidy it up, and I think they pull out a W against the uh, against Carolina. Okay, okay. Um, I actually think so too. I think Arizona win this game. I think Carolina's still kind of trying to feel its way around uh, with with their new head coach and Teddy Bridgewater and everything. They're tr- still trying to figure out how how to work together and things like that. So um, I will take the Cardinals. Although I don't think Kyler Murray can withstand too many more weeks where he looked like last week. He just looked pedestrian yeah. and. That offense didn't move at all. So you lost to a, mm-hmm. a very below average Detroit Lions team. So, uh, but I think they do come back and they rebound. Yep. Although this is a one o'clock game, that dreaded one o'clock game on the East Coast uh, for a West Coast team. So um, next we have the Colts going to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. We made the quarterback change. We we talked about it earlier on the show, Shane. Do you think Nick Foles keeps that train rolling, or do you think Philip Rivers comes to town and takes care of business? Um, I think I'm I'm going to go with the Nick Foles led Bears on this one. Actually, um, I I want this Colts team to be good. I want them to be good so bad. I like Philip Rivers. I like the Colts organization. Um, but I just think that there's too too many loose ends right now in in Indianapolis, and I just think the Bears pull this one out. Yeah. Um, I'll actually take the Colts in this game. Again, I'm not completely sold on Nick uh, just yet, although he's beaten my team to, to dust, you know, two times now. I just think that uh, right now I just think the Colts are riding high. You know, they, they beat up on a bad Jets team. But I think the Colts pull it out, uh, you know, in, in a relatively close game. Um, yeah, and then next we have Baltimore going to Washington to take on the Washington football team. Uh, if we get the Baltimore, the, the football team, the football team. If we get Baltimore that we've gotten in the first two weeks, maybe not so much in this Monday night matchup, but in the first two weeks, I think this will be seventy-eight to nothing. 
but uh, <laughs> I'm taking Baltimore to win big. What says you? Yeah, uh, obviously I'm also going to take uh, Baltimore on this one. I'd be literally out of my mind to take Washington. Yes. Uh, next we have the Giants and the Rams uh, taking on one another. Daniel Jones looked like just absolute garbage last week. And the Rams were down 28-3 to Buffalo. We're down 28-3 to Buffalo. He, he, they bring him, Jared Goff brings them back only to have the referees cost them the game. So, Shane, which way do you think this Rams-Giants game is going to go? Um, I'm going Rams. Um, I think Sean McVay doesn't allow a second consecutive sloppy week. I think they pull this one out. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree with you. I think that the Giants look like the Giants look terrible, and now the Rams, the Rams are pissed after last week. So it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, Shane, and probably your game of the week next week. It is the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. New England travels to Kansas City, obviously without Tom Brady. So, Shane, who do you got in this? Yeah. I mean, this big AFC matchup. We're gonna go Pats on this, or not Pats? But we're gonna go Chiefs on this one, uh, for me. But I, I think it's gonna be a close one. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think it's gonna be. You're picking with your heart, potential upset alert. Well, you're picking with your head, not your heart, man. I like it. That's the way it's got to <laughs> be around. Here. You know. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think the Patriots. What we'll says you? I feel like the Patriots are going to Arrowhead and causing some ruckus. I'm actually picking New England. This is my upset pick of, pick of the week. Uh, I am taking New England to go into Kansas City and dethrone the champs. I just feel like Cam Newton going against the best quarterback in the league, arguably. You're going you're gonna to believe he's going to bring his big boy pants. I, I want to agree with you here. I want to agree with you so dang bad. And if the Patriots do win this game, I'm going to say that I picked the Patriots. Just, just, just so everyone knows. Um, but... Um, the way this Chiefs team is playing against this Ravens team right now is just unbelievable. Um, and I just think it's going to be a little too much for for New England. They got they got a young defense. Um, they got some some young guys up front. Um, and I yeah, I, I want the Pats to win, but I think the, the Chiefs are going to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, coming up here. Um, mm-hmm. The Bills and the Raiders. Josh Allen really brought the heat last week. He brought the team back when he needed to. Las Vegas, they, they they got beat pretty handily. Uh, so right now, I mean, mm-hmm. you got Bills or you got the Raiders right now, Shane? I'm I'm gonna go Raiders on this one. Um, I actually like how this Raiders team's looking right now. Um, I know that that like that win or that loss last week against the Pats was a little ugly, um, but that team's been looking good. Um, they're like, yeah. So I'm gonna go Raiders on this one. I think they're gonna squeak one out against the Bills. I'm actually, th- I'm actually taking the Raiders too, which is kind of surprising because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm big in the Bills mafia right now. Uh, yep. I wish yep. I was, I wish I was a member, you know. But um, <laughs> I just think the Raiders. This is the kind of game that the Raiders are gonna win. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I'm gonna take the Raiders. I just think that they come, they. They do their thing, you know, in Vegas, and they, you know, kick ass uh, like they should. Uh, Sunday night, we got this barn burner. And I promise you, when the NFL schedulers made the schedule, they did not foresee this coming. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the injury-rattled 
San Francisco 49ers. Shane, who do you got in this NFC powerhouse matchup? <laughs> this is a tough one for me. Um, my heart wants to say, my heart and my head wants to say 49ers, but I could very well see the Eagles um, squeaking this one out. Um, so I don't know. I'm, oh man, I'm probably going to go 49ers on this one. Um, but yeah, this one's going to go either way, I think, and I wouldn't be stunned if it does go either way. Yeah. Um, I'll take I'll take the 49ers in this game as well. I just think that Wentz, I think there's more questions than answers. So it's going yep. to be interesting to kind of see how he comes back and to see, you know, I don't know. I just think the 49ers are right now a better team, even with Nick Mullins in a quarterback. I'm not saying Nick Mullins is better than Carson Wentz. And half of their team hurt are still a better team than the Eagles. I do believe so. so. <laughs> and then Monday night, I get to watch this on national TV as well as everybody else. The Atlanta Falcons travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Shane, who you got in this game, buddy? I'm going to go um, – I think we go Packers on this one. Um, plus one billion, I think. Don't sound so surprised I, that you took the pack. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be just – this is – this might get taken off of the air for, for being inappropriate, if I'm being honest with you. Um, for mature audiences only, I think the Packers just dominate the Falcons. I think the Falcons win this fucking game. I'm going to freaking shoot you. <laughs> no. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This is the kind of game – because this is the kind of game where you go out there and you look super good. And you're like, wow, yeah. okay. This team is, you know, this is the kind of win you need to get to get a whole fan base recharged just to deflate them the next week when you blow another lead or something. Um, we are going to clip this, that you were just saying what you just said, um, whenever we are recording this next week, next Monday here. Um as the Packers, like, while the Packers are just obliterating the Falcons. Yeah, so uh, we will replay that track. But right now I got the Falcons, man, believe it or not. I got the Falcons in this Monday night game. I'm surprised, but okay. I mean, and look, that brings us to the end of week four. We ain't done with the Falcons yet. We ain't done by a damn sight. Because our heel of the week this week... Last week, it was Dan Quinn. This week, Arthur Blank, you are up. It's all on you, buddy. The owner of the Atlanta Falcons and also the, homer of, uh, the owner of Home Depot, in case you were wondering where he got his billions from. I did not know that, actually. <laughs> so, there's a lot to take away from this, but Arthur Blank, the ball is in your court, my friend. You can't be you can't be excited about what's been on the field. And the fact that you have given mm-hmm. Dan Quinn as much of a leash as you have is the reason that you are this week's heel of the week, Arthur Blank. Because you you neglect the fan base and you say, I'm going to allow this to happen. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl not three or four years ago. And now they are, in, they are in the discussion of being the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's the same head coach, 
without, same quarterback. Without, without really mo- losing a lot of moving parts. Like, without really losing any, like, keystone players, really. That's what I'm saying. You got the same quarterback, same coach as you did. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, the numbers speak for themselves. You know? You're up. You're up. 15 points against Dallas going into the fourth quarter with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're up 15, you lose the game. Last week against Chicago, you're up 26 to 10. Nick Foles comes in, throws four touchdowns, should have been five, and you blow another huge lead. Arthur Blank, you cannot let this just continue happening. This is inexcusable mm-hmm. what is happening here. This isn't the Jets. This isn't the Giants who are, who have been yep. laughing stocks in the NFL for years. Yeah. This is the Atlanta Falcons. This is the same team that produced an MVP, Matt Ryan, a Super Bowl runner-up, which should have been champion in multiple, multiple NFC South titles. And you're allowing this to just go on. Like, why is this why is this okay? This is this is demoralizing. The team is 0-3. I said the stat earlier. Their last 10 games, you know, like the first 10 games of, of the last two seasons, they're 1-9. and That's pathetic, man. That is mm. pathetic. And Arthur Blank, you're the heel of the week, buddy, because you're just letting this continue to go on, you know? Man, Shane, am I fired up about this, boy. I'm sorry, buddy. I know. I when I said it earlier in the show, I, we swear that we swore that we wouldn't say the f word. I'm sorry. We 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 can't. I let man. you down. This is this is what it is, man. How do you feel about Arthur Blank being the heel of the week this week? Do you think Dan Quinn he, needs to be gone? Be. Um, outside outside looking in here, obviously, I've like I have no skin in the game here with, with regarding the Falcons, but this is yeah, like I mean, like you said, this is unacceptable. Um, like. I just we every year post that Super Bowl, this team has just gotten progressively worse, um, and with with no real end in sight. And I think Arthur Blank needs to kind of step up to the plate here and be like, okay, we're gonna like we're gonna whether it be we're gonna officially go into rebuild mode, whatever that may be. Um, we need to start trending forward right now. Um, and if that's in the middle of the year, and heck, honestly, like if that means moving some players. If that means moving, you know, hey, Matt Ryan, love you to pieces. Appreciate everything you've done for you. Let's get you out of town. Like, we need to try something else here. Um, They need to try something because this clearly is not working. Matt Ryan, when he came in with that moniker, Matty Ice, I thought Mm -hmm. it was unfairly put on him because, look, he went to school at Boston College. It's not like you're – Playing college powerhouses. Yeah, you're not you're not a power five for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you play in the MAC or whatever. I don't think it's the MAC, but I think they mm-hmm. actually play in like the Big Twelve or something. But yeah, close enough. Boston College, like it's not like you went to a you know a huge school. Mm-hmm. And so the name Matty Ice just it's funny because it's like oh it's like Natty Ice. Uh, uh. So you figured this kid's got like kind of ice in his veins. You're figuring. Wow, man, if he's got this nickname coming out of college, he's probably fantastic. The guy's done nothing but let Falcons fans down for years. He played over his head. He won the MVP one year. And then, and then get pay raises for it. <laughs> yeah, and got a lot of money for doing it, for playing very average. So, I don't know. I just think Arthur Blank deserves this this week. So, 
Arthur, we know you're a big time listener, mm-hmm. buddy. And uh, shape up it. or ship out, you know. So that is mm-hmm. the heel of the week this week, which normally signals for the end of the show, Shano. And uh, and here mm-hmm. we are. Like, uh, make sure you're checking out the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else. Make sure you're rating us and letting us know what you like, what you don't like, and things like that. Um, make sure you're checking out all the shows on the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. We got Word Up or Bird Up on Sundays. Me and Shane with you every single Tuesday. And then on Fridays, one with the undercard, where me and our boy Silky J. Johnson talk all things All Elite Wrestling. Uh, so make sure you're checking all those out. Mm-hmm. And, and just... Keep interacting as much as you can. I'm at Collective Heel on Twitter. Shane is at Rain Shiley. Uh, we, we welcome everybody coming on and, and just talking about the show and just letting us know um, you know, how they feel about things. Would you rather take a blow to the knee or a blow to the head? You know, It's a question that we presented here on the show. So if you want to go ahead and let us know what you would think, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- th- make sure you're checking out great people that we associate ourselves with. Like the Hold Fast Coffee Company, holdfastcoffeeco.com. Use that promo mm-hmm. code Heel Turn Twenty to get twenty percent off of your cart. Uh, everybody over at Hold Fast, great people. We had Vinny Snyder on the show a couple of weeks ago, and it was fantastic stuff. Our boy, the barista of the week, every single week, Hayden French, um, really out there just slanging and banging on them coffee beans, right, Shano? Oh yeah, all day, every day. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So make sure you're checking them out as well and let them know that the Heel Turn Collective sent you. Uh, for, and again, you get 20% off that basket today. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, that kind of brings us to the end. Uh, Shane, do you have any parting thoughts uh, before we get the hell out of here and finish watching this Monday Night Beatdown, my man? It, uh, it feels good for football to be back. I've literally thought about it probably once a day um since football started back up feels good you know um god's favorite sport is happening again um and we're having a good dang time watching it for sure yeah absolutely but i am lance he is shane stradamus and until next week healing nights Mm. another nfl week down we might have a guest on that i think everybody really want to hear so make sure you're staying tuned every single week and until then friends we'll see you next week